Hey, hey, Michigan Maniacs. This is the Michigan Maniac Podcast, and I am your host, Adam Brewer. Uh, this is the Ask Me Anything episode. Um, been a long time in coming. I mean, uh, obviously, COVID has uh, delayed a lot of things, but I couldn't wait to do this. I got some pretty good uh, questions, so I'm pretty excited about all of this. So let's get into it. Uh, let's obviously do the housekeeping. I'm getting a new logo for the stickers and everything else coming out for the Michigan Maniac podcast. Um, so with that, go ahead and hit up the Facebook fan page or the Instagram page and leave a review and leave your full name and address or you not even your full name, whatever name and address you want. And I will send you a sticker. As soon as I get the new ones in, I'll start sending those out. Uh, I don't care what star it is. Whatever you want to do, do it. I don't care. Uh, there's a lot of changes coming up because obviously COVID-19 has done a lot of interesting things to our life. So we'll go ahead and get to that. But um, let's get into that, huh? Uh, so ask me anything. We'll get into the questions. First one, or the first couple actually, comes from my big man, Brian, sent to me. So we'll go with... Uh, what is your favorite birthday thus far and why? Okay, so just so you guys know, just in case you didn't know, um, I was born June 20th in 1976. Makes me 44, quite an old motherfucker. Oh, uh, also, it's usually a f- father, like a Father's Day thing. So I've been very fortunate to have an amazing son who's in the Navy as so my father's day have just gotten better and better as the year's gone on but i have to say that maybe this year has been my favorite father's or actually birthday day because i was in uh wisconsin with my brothers and it was just phenomenal just i haven't seen them in so long because of travel restrictions and all this whatever and just living life. I mean, there's sometimes just me and Austin, my littlest brother, who's the biggest Michigan fan as well. We'll meet up every year for the Ohio State-Michigan game. Have a great day watching it. Well, not really a great day, as we all know. But the other two don't really enjoy sports that much. But still, it's been very odd to have... You know, there's different combos of us all being together, but to have all four of us together on that day was kind of magical. It was pretty amazing. Uh, I enjoyed the whole time. I mean, just seeing my family and seeing my brother's wife who lives in Wisconsin and his and his kids and the whole fucking thing was pretty amazing. So I would say this one is my favorite just because of the situation in which we live right now. Um, Also, Brian asks, what would you consider the perfect way for you to spend your birthday if you planned it yourself? Oh, well, if if I had to plan my own birthday, I would say what happened this weekend. I mean, I flew out to where all four of my brothers, well, three of my brothers are going to be, all four of us together. We fucking smoked cigars, drank fucking whiskey, just talked about good family situations or bad situations, and we all just kind of enjoyed just being brothers. And then I hung out with my brother who lived in Wisconsin. I I enjoyed his family, his little girl, his two twin boys, his wife. Just enjoyed being in that kind of family situation, you know? It was actually it was the ideal situation to have a birthday and I loved every second of it so Brian that's exact I mean it was it really was phenomenal I mean there was no ifs ands buts about it like it was perfect I mean just imagine smoking a cigar with a perfect whiskey to it 
you know, just a perfectly paired whiskey, talking to your brothers about just every situation that you've ever had in life, going on hikes, just and then switching up the next day and going on a family hike to a quarry or through the woods or whatever, and you just really got to have family time. That was, it was so good. It was just really so good. Um, now, uh, third question for my buddy Brian, which, I mean, listen, when you're as OG as Brian, I will allow infinite amount of questions because I love guys who show this much loyalty to the podcast, and I love it. Um, if you could go back in time and attend one Michigan football game, which one would it be? It would be the one. Now, I mean, it's not going to be one that's surprising, right? It really isn't. It's going to be the 1997 game where, uh, against Ohio State when fucking Woodson had the game of his fucking career, which basically won the Heisman, in my opinion, won the Heisman for him. I mean, he ran a punt back. He had a, an interception. He did everything he could have done. It was that would be the game. That it was at home at the big house. We beat them for the umpteenth time, which is unknown for us at this point. He had a Heisman worthy uh, performance. That is the one I would go to. One hundred percent. I think it was ninety seven. I fucking love that one. That's the one I'm going to. Um. Let's see here. I think Brian gives me another one. You may have a ton of questions, so I completely understand if I don't. Okay, so I'm going to get through all this. My biggest fear is going into the game Saturday in our defense, starting at Ohio State, getting into early. Oh, getting into an early, early lead, and then having to catch. Oh, and having to play catch up the rest of the game. I like our chances if we can let me get keep it close at half with the question what is your biggest Okay, so my biggest fear going to this game for I mean, let's face it. The first half has never been our problem from 2018-2019 has never been our biggest problem. The first half has never been it. It's what's going to happen when they make adjustments and we make adjustments going to the second half of the game. And even, I'll be honest, not even us making the adjustments in the second half of the game. It's how our players are going to react in the second half of the game. Because in 2019, when you have uh, Black and you have... DPJ dropping key passes to them in the end zone or just first downs or uh, whatever has gone on in that second half. We crumble in the second half of that game. It doesn't have to be like... I... I worry when I hear people talk about the whole separation of talent when it comes to Michigan and Ohio State. It's not much different. If you look at the fucking recruiting class this year, you can't see a difference. That much of a difference between Michigan and Ohio State. If you depends on which recruiting fucking source you use, but Michigan's in the top five and so is Ohio State. If you can be in the top five with your rival, there's not much difference. The only real difference is, and it's everything I've been saying since 2016, is leadership. Leadership is what is the biggest difference between Michigan and Ohio Ohio State. The biggest difference, okay? The biggest difference. I don't even want... It's just the way it is. I can't explain any more than that. It's... We're we're not that big of a gap. We're just not. I mean, listen. If I could give you an easy explanation for why we are so... Why we're getting blown out. It would be much easier to say it's the fucking recruiting... 
But when it really hits home, Shea Patterson sucked dick in 2019. He'd rather play golf than throw to his fucking wide receivers. And then you have Black and DPJ who are probably the biggest cancers of the team, which I would assume... I mean, because they left early and then one transferred, and then you got fucking Dwumfor uh, who left early to go to Rutgers. It, please, tell me, if you weren't a cancer, you wouldn't leave Michigan University to go to Rutgers. You wouldn't go to Rutgers. That goes to show you the talent level in which the whole college football thought of you. And say you would go to Rutgers. Give me a fucking break. Michigan's reason why we don't win or why we don't beat Ohio State is because of leadership, not talent. I've said this a million times and I don't want to say it again. Okay, let's go to Brian, my big boy, Big B. Love him. Love this guy. He's been one of the OG Michigan maniacs for a long, long time. Um, Let's see. Do you think Michigan should go, oh, should give Chris, yeah, this is Brian, okay. Do you think the Michigan should give Chris Partridge his shot as a defensive coordinator or find someone more proven against good teams? Well, to be quite honest, uh, if you look at the trend of college football over the last couple of years, defense doesn't mean shit. My only glaring example of this is Oklahoma. Oklahoma sucks dick defensively. Even in the Big 12, they're awful. Right? I mean, even if they're the best defensive team in the Big 12, they suck dick. And it doesn't even matter. But they still make it four out of five times into the playoff. So defense really doesn't matter that much in this fucking college football season or the way we do college football right now. So, I'll be honest, with John Paul, Mary, or whatever his name is, and the other guy, they both have pretty good track records in college football. With one, John Paul Marie with the fucking uh, turnovers, and the other guy with one or two in the top, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Because I didn't write his name, so I can't remember his fucking name. So, we'll just go with that. But, I think... Don Brown is expanding off of his hard-headedness to get better to figure out what his weaknesses are. So I'm pretty good with that. I I like to see what Tom, what Don Brown's doing. But listen, Don Brown can do it forever. So if Chris Partridge, Chris Partridge fucking proves himself at Ole Miss and then does it again in another year, and let's say Don Brown's looking to retire or move on. Hell yeah, let's bring Cart let's bring Chris Partridge in because his fucking his recruiting and then with his additional years of experience as a defensive coordinator, if they're proven to be good, hell yeah, let's bring him in. Because he's a great recruiter. Let's see what he can do at Ole Miss in the SEC in recruiting. And if he can fucking dominate there and get some real defensive gems in recruiting, then once Don Brown's gone, let's bring Partridge in. I'm a big fan. Big fan because I love the way he bought into the Michigan program when he needed to. Big fan of that kid. Big fan. Um, (laughs) Oh. Fucking Brad brings the heat on this one, right? Brings the heat. Would you like, would you trade Don Brown for DJ Durkin? And would you, okay, well, that's another question. Would I bring Don Brown, would I trade Don Brown for DJ Durkin? Now, you look at the 2015 season. And you could make a real strong argument that DJ Durkin was creating one hell of a defensive um, legacy, I guess you could say. Because they were strong. Even though we were weak in some key positions when it came to speed. But he masked that with overall defensive coverage. 
DJ Durkin, I'm a huge fan of. But here's the thing. Here's the one reason why I wouldn't do it. And I had talked to Brad about this. And Brad had split his brain about this. The only reason why I wouldn't do the trade is because at the end of the day, DJ Durkin, when he became the head coach of Maryland, right, when he got the job, that was right before the Michigan-Ohio State game. And he let us down with the defensive game plan. And you could see it. It was quite obvious. He let down the game plan between Ohio State and Michigan because he was focused on recruiting, so he should be as the head coach of Maryland. But if you were going to let down Michigan in the one game that means the most to us and then go on to Maryland and then be under the charge of a player who dies under the uh, training requirements or whatever you want to say of why that person died, I would never take DJ Durkin over Don Brown. Because I'll be honest, Don Brown may get lit up in the last two years, but he has never put any of our players in a position where they could die. And let's say he's hard-headed as fuck. But he still believes in the system in which he trains. And I will believe in the fact, let's say Don Brown gets a job next year with say anyone. He would still coach the best he could coach against Ohio State. DJ Durkin didn't do it. So fuck DJ Durkin. Keep fucking keep Don Brown. Still a great, still a great fucking question, Brad. Love that question. But still, that's where I'm at with that. I'm a Don Brown guy till I die. I also think that they brought in the right guys to help him see the errors in his way. And also, let's be honest. In 2018 and 2019, they also had the biggest trader of all times. Go from Michigan to Ohio State. So if you want to know why in 2018 we didn't get pressure on fucking nubnuts from Ohio State was because our defensive line coach was obviously giving hints to the team he was going to go to in the offseason. And then in 2019, he just played the same fucking card because Don Brown's a hard-headed asshole. I love Don Brown. I love him to death. But he's still a hard-headed asshole, and he didn't change shit up. That's why I love Sean Nua. That's why I think Sean Nua in Season 2 is going to break away from what Don Brown wants to do and really, really cement what he's got to do as a defensive line guy so I'm looking for the difference this year but I don't even want to say the guy's fucking name because it's treacherous it is treacherous it's like we're fucking the Starks and this fucking Greyjoy motherfucker went across us and just gave all our secrets up I don't even want to give this motherfucker's name But we all know who he is. In 2018 and 2019, that might be the reason why we had such troubles. And I know I've said it in numerous podcasts throughout. But I'm telling you, fucking Traders Greyjoy fucked us over. Madsen, I can't even believe I said it. That fucking fat bitch, titty motherfucking asshole sold us out and gave all our fucking secrets to the team. In 2018... What a shocker. If you're fucking going to go over to... Please don't tell me that you don't think Madsen had a contract all ready to go to go to Ohio State just a few months after the Michigan-Ohio State game and he wasn't sharing secrets, then you're an idiot. Go ahead and bury your your head in the sand. Go ahead and do it because you're just one of those fans. Go ahead and bury... There's too many facts that speak to that this is who he was, right? It's just who he was. So he can fuck off. Madsen can fuck off. Um, Now we're getting to my buddy Peter. Now this kid, 
He came in late as a Michigan maniac. But this kid means a lot to me. I love this kid. Uh, like I love all of you. Don't get me wrong. There's not favoritism in all this. We are a small group, but we are a great group. You guys have stayed with me through COVID-19, so you all deserve a fucking applause break and just staying with me and keeping my numbers where they have been. Like, I, I couldn't even imagine that you guys were that loyal, and I appreciate it. But Peter... Love this kid. Now, Peter says, will you go to the big house this year in 2021? Um, I don't know if I can. Obviously, COVID-19, I work at an airline. Um, the biggest deadline with us in this, in this uh, whatever you want to call it, pandemic or whatever, pandemic, however you want to see it, is... Uh, the government gave us a certain amount of money to take care of us to to a certain amount of time. In October, if things don't get back to normal, I might be furloughed. So I might not be able to go to a game in 2021, but I would love to. If I can afford it, I will I will be there. I, I love this team, and it hurts me that I've never been there. And it might even hurt my podcast that I've never been to a place that I love so much. I get it. But it doesn't change the fact that I love them. Now, two, do you have any friends or family or relatives that attended the University of Michigan? No, I've never had one family member or anything. All I can tell you is that my, from 83, I was a huge fan. I loved Jim Harbaugh as a quarterback. Um, I loved their helmets and their home uniforms. That's what made me a true fan. That was started it. That's what got the ball rolling. Uh, in my opinion, there's no greater helmet or home uniform in this whole world better than the Michigan uniform. I loved it. I started to watch it. I started to become a fan. Then later on in my life, my mother met a guy, married him, who lived in Detroit and was a big Michigan Wolverine fan. And him and me, or him and I, I guess, should be the proper English. We started watching. Here in Colorado, the early game was usually Michigan when they were at home. We got the Michigan game right before the Colorado game. Um, they were it. I watched them religiously, and we had something to talk about. So that was my team. I loved them. I loved them. I absolutely loved them. I still love them to this day. So... That's the way it goes. But yeah, no, if I have a chance, absolutely, I will show up in 2021 because I do believe in supporting our team. I can't wait to buy a ticket. Um, now, the second question is, do you have any friends or family, relatives that attended the University of Michigan? Obviously, I just said that. No, I have not. Uh, number three, what inspired you to become a Michigan Wolverine fan? And I think I kind of covered that already. The helmets, the home uniforms. I was eight, I think, when I first started watching Michigan. And as an eight-year-old boy who loved college football, you cannot tell me that football helmet is not the most iconic football helmet, football helmet in college football. You can't. The home uniform, oh, my God. It's just it's everything that you could ever want in college football. So, no, that's exactly how it happened to me. I loved them to death. Um, number four, when did you begin your oh when did I become my podcast it was a couple years ago now here's a little side note to the whole thing um I believe the official thing was uh, let me look at look at the notes real quick was in 2018 April of 2018 that was the official main uh Michigan maniac podcast but before that I was on podbean and I was just doing Michigan Reaction episodes. I think that actually was the title of it. The Michigan Reaction episode. And that was in 2017. Now, there's only a few of them. And when I switched platforms, unfortunately, I hit the wrong... <laughs> this is stupid. But I hit the wrong button and it eliminated all the old episodes. Because I would assume you guys would have loved to hear that. 
Um, it eliminated all of them. And I, I wanted to punch myself in the nuts because it was something so stupid that I should have just hit the right button. And I didn't. And it was dumb. And I hate it. Um, but yeah, 2018, the official start was, was about April 2018. Uh, right there on Anchor, pushing it out to all you guys. Um, and literally, that was one of the great days of my life. Because av- after I look at all the numbers, that the heights and the lows, and through COVID-19, I was shocked at how high you guys were listening at the fucking podcast during COVID-19. I was literally shocked. I was going to get like 10 an episode, and I was getting... <laughs> Fucking 10 times that. Maybe even 20 times that. It was amazing. I mean, I have nothing but just thanks to you, the fans, who really just kind of like listening to me rant. I love it. Thank you so much for everything you've done for me. I mean, even through this hard time, it's been worthwhile, and I really, really appreciate it. Now, the third question. Um, fan... What should we? Oh no! Answer all Peter's questions. Very good. Now the new question I want to answer. Answer. This is the one I've given a lot of thought to. Right, a lot of thought to. Now there's a few coming up that I've given a lot of thought to, but this is one that was very interesting to me, and I want to say, please go and support this person on their Instagram. It's Wolverines Media. Please go. All of you maniacs, go and support Wolverines.media at, at Instagram. It, they're a great site, fantastic, give a lot of good info. Um, their question is, if you could take any quarterback other than Fields, Lawrence, or Lance, I don't even know who Lance is, but I would assume he's very good, who would it be? Now, I had to think about this one. I had to think about this one a lot because that's a heavy question. Very heavy question. Um, now, in my opinion, I'm not going to give you one. I'm going to give you four. Right? I'm going to give you four and very good reason why I'm going to give you four. Because I really think these are the four most qualified quarterbacks going into next season. Right? Number one, in my opinion, I'm going to give you Mac Jones from Alabama. Right. Now, listen. You watch that game. Between Michigan and Alabama, that motherfucker held into the last second to throw that ball on a fucking dime to his wide receivers. Now he, now you can say, make the argument, he had two of the best wide receivers in college football, right? And Rugs and Judy, they are. You can't argue it. They, I think, they win the first round. They are phenomenal. But still, for him to have the fucking balls to stand in that pocket as it was collapsing with Hutchinson and Pay closing in on him with Uche close behind and for him to deliver darts to fucking Judy or Ruggs on a consistent basis in the game I watched. Right, I even watched the Al- the uh, Alabama Auburn game. He still had a great game. Bo Nix still outdid him, but still didn't have an awful game. I'm going to go back, Jones. He was 97 for 141, 15. 1,500, oh, 1,503,00 yards passing, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions for 186 throughout the games he played. Mac Jones, number one, 68% on his completion percentage. That's important. That's important to understand. Now, if I got to think about others, I would go Sean Clifford because I liked his big game, his big game ability. Sean Clifford went 189 for 319, 2654 for 23 touchdowns, seven interceptions for a quarterback rating of 148. And a completion percentage of 59%. I liked him. Now listen, he didn't play much against Ohio State. He got hurt. And they put the other kid in. But still, overall for a season, 
When he needed to make the big play, he did. So I'm I'm kind of a fan of Sean Clifford. Uh, more of Mac Jones because I think he's played bigger games at bigger times and didn't fucking crap out. But still, I'll go with Sean, Criff- Sean Clifford. Third, Bo Nix. True freshman, by the way. True freshman, Alabama, uh, no, Auburn quarterback, Bo Nix, went 217 out of 377 for 25-42, 16 touchdowns for six interceptions for a quarterback rating of 125. But his key wins were a comeback victory against uh, uh, Oregon, I believe it was at Oregon. I could be wrong. I'm not trying to say that's 100% true. Huge comeback win. Also, he won against his rival, Alabama. Now, they lost against Minnesota, but let's face it. It was Minnesota. It was a bowl game. And anybody who counts regular bowl games that are outside the playoffs, they're just morons. Because most players nowadays don't give a fuck about Bowl games. They're looking to the fucking uh, all their private workouts for the NFL or the combine or whatever it is. But to say that they're in a regular bowl game and that they give a shit is laughable because we all understand what this world is trending towards, or at least it was before COVID 19. Then my fourth is some. Is Sam Ellington from Texas. Now, this kid, phenomenal quarterback in big-time games. Big-time game against LSU. A big-time game against LSU. At top, uh, top knowledge, I mean, listen, LSU won because, listen, they're LSU. At that point, they had the right quarterback for the right time, which is, Michigan's just one quarterback away from being LSU. Let's just face it. You look through the roster, it's it's uh, uh, a mental midget could figure this out. But anyways, Sam Ellington went 296 for out of 454. That's a lot. Uh, 65% fucking completion percentage. Pretty good. For over 3,630. Oh, no. Six three thousand six hundred and sixty-three yards passing, thirty-two touchdowns, and ten interceptions for a quarterback rating of one fifty-one. That's pretty fucking impressive. Pretty fucking impressive. Granted, they didn't win the games they needed to win, but still, if you're asking for a straight quarterback help, just what you got to do, because I mean, you you can't ask the fucking defense to step up and blame it on the quarterback. Uh, Sam Ellington might be the guy I would want the most out of all of them, but it's either Sam Ellington or Mac Jones. Either one of them. Just watching Mac Jones stick in that fucking pocket as the pressure collapsed around him and still make a precision pass to the right wide receiver told me everything I needed to know. So I would say Mac Jones, number one, Sam Ellington, number two, Sean Clifford, number three, and Bo Nix, number four. That would be my, the way I would do it. Now, thank you, Michigan Media. I hope that was a perfect way to answer that question. So I wanted to give you as much information as possible, as possible because I loved, I love everything you do on Instagram. I love it all. It's fantastic. Now, Gabe sends me another question. I have another question. Oh, uh, I eliminated the first one because it was so long ago that he sent me these questions only because of COVID-19 and everything that was going on in my life. I please forgive me, Gabe, that I just couldn't keep up with the questions you sent me. I always appreciate them because you send straight fire. But it's, you know, listen, it's COVID-19. I was moving a girlfriend out. A lot of shit going on in my life. I will not uh, ask for any more forgiveness. Um... Heard something like this on WTKA, the ticket inside the huddle. What are the three most defining moments, events that has happened to you during your lifetime? Okay, very easy. Well, I don't know if it's very easy. One, Michigan winning, or 
sharing the national title in 97. Uh, we all know it was because Nebraska's fucking head coach was, oh, he was retiring. We got to give him half of the national title so he feels good about himself. Fuck Osborne. Fuck Nebraska. I will never cheer for them. I hope they all rot in hell. Uh, from the here on out. Outside of Ohio State, Nebraska's in the top five of universities. I hope they rot only because it's bullshit and how they handled everything they've ever done ever. They were dirty as fuck and they still got the the blind eye. I mean, go back. Just if you don't even believe me, go back and look. Lawrence Phillips was a part of Nebraska and never got questioned once. Go for it. Look it up. Learn something. Um, obviously, the 97 national title. Awesome. Um, the I want to say the 2011 game against Notre Dame where it was like, what? A minute 47 was like the best minute 47 in the history of college football. Phenomenal moment. Loved that. Loved watching it only because we came on the top. Um, Loved those two moments a lot. Um, Obviously, Desmond Howard returning that punt against Ohio State was another one. Um, Those were the moments that really just stick with me when I look through the history of Michigan football, right? Now, David, he spells it in a weird way, but David wants to know, a few episodes after the bowl game, you mentioned that Michigan should hire a Navy SEAL or someone from the elite leadership services, like roles or whatever. And let's see. Leadership to teach and help recruit players that have some kind of leadership brain or ability. That's true. Now he didn't mention the the episode in which I mentioned that. Oh, let me at, let me answer the rest of this. Uh, the other day, he heard a, another Michigan podcast talk about how Michigan had hired a Navy SEAL. Do you think they are listening? To your podcast. Well, I never thought about it until this guy mentioned this. But yes, they have to be listening. Because he he is right. I know I did mention it. And I wish I could remember the episode in which I mentioned this. But I did cover a whole thing where it was obvious that leadership was lacking in the Michigan football program. And that they needed to get somebody because my son is in the elite service of the navy and they have a whole hierarchy that teaches you how to be a leader how to deal with stress how to do certain things so if they can do it why shouldn't a football team also recruit with that and i know that's one of the episodes that i put forth i know that because i look at i'm looking at notes right now that say i did that i can't even but i don't list out the the episode name or the number or I'd be able to tell you, which I should be a little bit more put together. But it's true. Now, I would assume they have to be listening. I hope they're listening because I make some amazing fucking points. Because, yes, we are lacking leadership. And if they really did hire a fucking Navy SEAL to teach them what it is like to deal with real stressful situations. Because as far as we knew, up until this point, Michigan football was a lot like a fucking golf country club. And these motherfuckers just showed up and dealt with how they wanted to deal with life. And if they wanted to go to the NFL, they were going to the NFL and how whatever. But it was never about the team. So if they got a Navy SEAL to fucking blast that into their head. Because a Navy SEAL sees fucking Carlo Kemp and fucking Aiden Hutchinson trying to take a shoe off of a fucking opponent. He's going to make them run for an hour and a half because that is not leadership. 
So if they really did hire a fucking Navy SEAL like this guy heard, the, and he did say the uh, Wired on Wolverines podcast said this with um, Isaiah Holt, which I like the guy. I may not always agree with how he thinks, but I do like his podcast and I admire him. I didn't hear this, but if this guy says it happened, I'm going to believe it happened. Um, yeah, a Navy SEAL is going to laugh at the leadership in which Michigan was being run by. This isn't a golf club, motherfuckers. This is war, if you really want to see it. That, I'm not trying to say people live or die and that that's the importance of war. But listen, when you want to fucking pick people to recruit or to do whatever, you have to see their leadership ability. And if they really hired a Navy SEAL, that is one step forward that I think is great for Michigan football. And I hope they're listening because I have some I spit fucking knowledge kids. If you don't want to admit it or not, you want to listen to the normal fucking bullshit Michigan podcast, go right ahead. But you're not going to hear the knowledge you're going to hear on this fucking podcast. I'll guarantee you that guarantee you that try try and find a fucking uh try just try and find a podcast that comes more informative than the podcast that you're listening to now and if you're you're crazy if you do it's impossible so yes i think they're listening i hope they're listening because they're learning something absolutely learning something when it comes to leadership um Thank you, Wolverines.media on Instagram. Uh, oh, no, wait, that was the other one. Never mind. <laughs> that was the other guy. I'm sorry. Um, let's see here. Oh, here it is. Now, this is the last, well, one of the last ones. We haven't heard your conference. We haven't, we've heard everybody else's uh idea or thoughts on COVID, but we haven't heard you speak on it. What is your official stance? Now, that's interesting because at first I didn't want to get into the fray because so many people jump to information, right? That they really don't even know yet. Right, we did. We didn't know the the spread of COVID. We didn't know the infection rate seemed high, but we didn't know the death rate. There's a lot of things we didn't know as a country. Or did it die on services? Did it die in the air? Does it die in high, you know, like hot weather? We didn't know a lot of that. So I want. So I didn't bother to say anything. But if you're going to call me out, I'm going to give you an idea. Here's one thing I want to say, and I want to be positive. Absolute positive. And I want to give you something that the normal media, news media doesn't give you. One, everything we know of. I have a brother who's in the heart of the medical company, the medical whole thing. Like everything that deals with COVID, he's the vice president of a huge medical company in this country. So he's in the heart of what's going on. And here are some of the positive things that we need to know, right? And I'm going to pass it along. One, get your vitamin C in. Get vitamin C in. Get vitamin D. Most of the people who were young who suffered from COVID-19 and had the biggest things that happened to them were insufficient in vitamin D. The, the fucking media will not tell you that. Stock up on vitamin D, vitamin C. Get your zinc in. So just get a normal, like, total fucking uh, vitamin, whatever it is. Overall vitamin, find that. Or just get some vitamin D, vitamin C, and then get your fucking vitamin. And just take all three of them, right? Just take those. That'll help you against you getting it. Or if you get it, it'll help you get rid of it, get rid of it right away, right? The one demogra- the few demographics that get it from everything I've been told, old people, anyone 75 and older, fucking wear your mask, stay at home, do whatever. If you're super fat, you're in trouble. If you have any type of pre-consisting condition, you're in trouble. But here's the thing. If you're not, wear a mask just out of respect for those who may have those problems. 
I get it. As an American, you don't want to be told what to fucking do. But out of the respect for all the hardcore M motherfuckers who go out there and like those old dudes when you see them out in the fucking grocery stores or liquor stores or wherever the fuck you go. When you see them out there, salute them because they're going up against death's door because they're right in the demographic that this fucking disease will kill them, will absolutely kill them if they catch it, right? So salute them. Wear a mask. Just be a general good American in that. I get it. I don't like being told what I have to do either, but you know what? If I have to do it to save maybe a few Americans, then I'm willing to do it. But I also know the de- the demographics in which it fucks up. So I'm willing to take extra vitamin D, extra fucking vitamin C, extra zinc, just general vitamin, general, just whatever. Wear, wear a mask. If you get sick, call out sick maybe to work. See what you got to do. I get it. Just do that, man. We're going to kick this fucking virus ass because we're starting to learn a lot about it. It's not killing kids. It's not killing fucking young people. Here's the thing. The one thing that irritates me about the media is this. They tell you how infectious it is, but they don't tell you anything about the death rate. They don't tell you about the death rate. And when they do tell you about the death rate, they don't break it out in demographics. They don't tell you that it's only hitting X amount of people in this this range and people who have this blah. And they don't break it out. They don't do it. They don't tell you that 10 times the amount or whatever, it's a random number, maybe in six times the amount of people who catch it recover from it. It's not even hitting kids. It's not hitting anybody who's healthy past the age of 30. If you're 75 and older, you should be fucking worried. Yeah. And if you have to be out in public, wear a mask just out of just pure courtesy for those who may be at danger. I think it's crazy, but still, I'm here to respect everybody's American fucking rights to be out. And when you see old people out in this time and age, fucking respect them. Because those motherfuckers are hardcore because they're out when they know their life is in danger. Fucking salute those bitches because they are out there living life, son. So just be out there. Enjoy it. I'm not here to worry about it. I'm just not. High, high, high functioning Fucking athletes are never going to die from this. Yeah, I work in a fucking... uh, So, very good example, by the way. I know we're getting a little long in this episode, but here's the thing. I work in an industry where COVID hit us hard. Hit us hard. In two weeks, it was about 100 cases of people got COVID-19. And even more tested negative, right? I was one of those who tested negative. I had seven days off, thank you whatever, but none of us died, none, even the ones with really bad respiratory problems or pre-existing conditions, none of them died, none, so this thing is something we can beat as a country, as a people, as a faith, or whatever you want to see, but when it comes to being out in public, just be respectful, that's all I say, if you have to wear a mask, wear a mask, just be respectful of those who are just trying to eke out another day of life, that's all I'm saying, I get it, it, it infringes on your rights, fine, but if it means just giving another person another day of life, that's fine, do it, because we all know we're all going to survive from this, but those 75 and older have a real fuss fucking scare so let's just be courteous of that um now getting off of that uh okay i don't know what this question is still now okay so in i gave my prediction a long time ago this is what this is saying your prediction of harbaugh winning and natty in eight years is still within its range, right? And which would be 2022. Now, do you still think Harbaugh should be fired? No, I still think we're in the right range. I I really do believe in 2022. That's seven years after Harbaugh's been fi- after Harbaugh was hired. I because I based everything off of the Clemson model. Clemson was exactly where Michigan was when Harbaugh was hired. 
they had a whole thing called Clemsoning, which losing the big game. What do you think Harbaugh and Michigan are doing right now? If Harbaugh is doing everything that I think he's doing with hiring a Navy SEAL to teach leadership, the recruiting class he's coming up with in 2000, 2021 is phenomenal. I mean, he's only getting better as things are going on. Now, granted, we overshot our expectations of what Harbaugh should do and the time in which he took over. But if you really look at the numbers, Harbaugh's not that disappointing. We had a decade, almost a decade of losing and losing pitifully. So we can't bust on him for this. So eight years, he'll win his first national title, 2022. J.J. McCarthy is going to be the guy. I think J. I think fucking Joe Milton's going to be the Deshaun uh, Clemson. What Deshaun Johnson? He's going to be that guy before Lawrence Milton, then McCaffrey, and then not McCaffrey, but then. J.J. Uh, McCarthy uh, I, I just have that belief man I'm telling you this is it we're right on the precipice of being one of the elite programs in college football all we have to do is wait we just have to allow it to happen everybody thought that Dabo Sweeney was a joke up until he won that first natty let everybody think they want to think about our boy. But he stands with his players through protest and trial. And he fucking makes the right decisions and firing the wrong people for the right jobs. And he, he hires some amazing people. And he's been doing it year in and year out. Let's just give him the chance to see this go. He miscalculated what it would take to be successful early. But I think he's on the right path right now. Especially if he got a Navy SEAL to teach leadership. Because that means he's listening to this podcast. And I know I'm fucking fantastic at this. <laughs> but I'm telling you guys, let's give him the shot because I think we're great. Now listen, that's the end. This is a super long one. You guys have sat in there. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I love Ask Me Anything. They're the greatest fucking goddamn episodes we do. I should do them more often. But, you know, I'm a normal person. I don't get backed by all these other fucking big companies that support me. So I got to deal with life and everything else that comes with it. So, like I said, though, it is great. It is fucking great to me, Michigan Wolverine. Never let anybody tell you otherwise. It is great to be a Michigan Wolverine. And always and forever, guys, go blue.